Blog go, baby. Talk Radio. A lot to talk about, a lot to talk about. I am your host, Jim Russell, from the studios in Linden, New Jersey. This is being uh, taped on delay Monday, July 16th, post-USC Boise. It was a great night. Um, Usually what I'll do is every week, every other week, I'll discuss wrestling. The thing is with pro wrestling, you have Monday night, you have Tuesday night. So even if I was to record or discuss an episode, uh, a post Extreme Rules, for example, very short shelf life because no one's going to care after a couple of hours because you have Raw and then you have all the storylines leading into uh, SummerSlam. But we're very excited. Coming off UFC 226, you have Daniel Cormier, who is a double-double champion, champion champ, who shocked the world. And with the uppercut, oh, no, I'm sorry, was it, it was an uppercut dash elbow combination of both. Um, he was able to defeat Steve Miocic. The video is on my Instagram page. Thank you to all the fans. Over a thousand people saw Brock Lesnar's profanity that he used against Daniel Cormier, and he apologized to Miocic ever since. But this past weekend, UFC Boise in Idaho, Junior Dos Santos defeated Blygoff Ivanov. Went to decision, unanimous decision, and Junior Dos Santos looks good. You know, I, I realized I thought he was older. He's only 34 years old, Junior Dos Santos. He has, prior to his uh, win-loss, win-loss, alternating wins-losses, he was he lost to Joaquin Ferreira when he was uh, he wound up being five and one. Lost to an armbar back in 2007 in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Then after that, he went on a 10-fight win streak. Look, look at who he look who he has beaten: Geronimo Dos Santos, Fabrizio Verdum, Stefan Schrute. Crow Cop, Yvelle, Gabriel Gonzaga, Roy Nelson, Shane Carwin, Cain Velasquez. That was the first ever, first ever UFC on live television on Channel Five per se, when he, when he won the heavyweight championship. Then he beat Frank Mir. He lost the the rematch to Cain Velasquez in December 2012. He lost the heavyweight championship. He beat Mark Hunt. He lost to Cain Velasquez again, and then he beat Stipe Miocic. Which was very interesting. He beat he beat him via unanimous decision. What I remember in that fight, if the fight would have went uh, three three rounds deep, it would have won that fight. But I believe that since that was a main event on FS1, Dos Santos wound up winning rounds four and five, and it was a toss up and wound up being Dos Santos. That was a great fight, absolutely great fight. He lost to Overeem via TKO punches. He beat Big Ben Rothwell. He lost in the return bout earlier in, in May 2017, and he took some time to nurse some injuries and whatnot, and he came back, and he beat even off the unanimous decision 
in Idaho this past weekend. So he's only 19-5, and Junior Dos Santos. Theoretically, I know he's been champion. I know he's fought Stipe Miocic on more than one occasion. He, he, you know, he fought him uh, twice. Once he beat him because it was a five-round main event, and the second time he lost via TKO punches in 2017. I understand that. But here's a guy who, who's only 34 years old. He's 19-5. and five. He is... He was the fight of the month, according to MMA Junkie. He is the former heavyweight champion, knocked out of the night three times, fight of the night three times, longest winning streak in, U- in the UFC heavyweight division, second most knockout victories in the UFC. So come on, he, he deserves it. He deserves it. He, uh, I don't want to say he deserves to be a champion. His losses have been three by knockout, one by submission, one by decision. He has, he has a nice pedigree, this guy. You know, he's from ATT. He trains boxing and MMA. He's a black belt in Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but you would never guess because he likes to stand. He likes to, to duke it out with individuals, so to speak. So what's, what's next for him? I know everyone has their own opinion. You know, I looked at the heavyweight division, and I know why. I know why. Um, I'm sorry. I got, I got sidetracked. I know why. Brock Lesnar's fighting Daniel Cormier. So look, here's look at the division. So you have Miocic, who who is now you could say he's the number one contender. You could, if DC was in it in the long haul, he was going to stay past the two fights that he supposedly mentioned. You could argue that you could do a return bout between Miocic and DC. Nagano, he lost his confidence. The guy has lost his confidence. You know, he fought for the heavyweight championship. He was on the UFC. Hype train, UFC hype train. Let me tell you. And 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 all of a sudden he loses to Miocic, and then he had one of the worst fights I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> worst fights against Derek Lewis. I was I was falling asleep. I was falling asleep, but I thought it was just me. And then when I see the the majority of the of, of Twitter and the internet. You know, discussing. Oh, it was horrible. I thought it was just me. No, I, I realized that that was a very terrible fight, and it seems like both men, well, especially Nagano, seems like he's been gun shy after his fight with Miocic. He realized that he has no ground game, and he depends way too much on that on his on his fist. So look at Curtis Blades. He's ten and one. His only loss has been to Nagano via doctor stoppage, but who knows what would have happened had it had it planned out to be a, 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 a traditional fight. You know, he beat Lorenzo Hood, beat William Baptist, Bray Failer, Alex Crowder, Luis Cortez. He lost Nagano because of the doctor stoppage, beat Cody East. No decision. It was overturned. He tested positive for marijuana. Come on. Uh, he beat Daniel uh, Omanaju. He beat Oleski Olinik. He beat Mark Hunt. He beat Alistair Overeem. So, not a deep division. It is not a deep division at all in the sense that you have Nagano, who, who's terrible, who clearly should not sniff a world title shot for now. He needs two or three good fights, and he needs to show significant improvement mentally and physically before I even give him another title shot. Overeem, he's been there, done that. He's very experienced at 43 and 16. He's had his title shot, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, what's next for Overeem. 
after that. I think what he need, Overeem needs to do is, similar to Dos Santos, put together some type of winning streak, get his confidence mentally and physically, and then and then he could be considered for an opportunity at the UFC Heavyweight Championship. Let's look at the top ten. I'm looking at ESPN.com. Alexander Volkov, he's 30-6. and six. He beat Fabrice Verdum in the fourth round. He won five in a row. All right. All right. But he, he's still he's still not a name that, all right, wow, I'm going to want to see Volk, Alexander Volkov. You know, so Fabrice Verdum, we know his story. You know, former heavyweight champion. He lost. His most recent fight, as I just mentioned, you have Cain Velasquez, who's 14-2. and two. Ooh, Healthy Velasquez, I think, is one of the best people in this division, but that is the key word. He is unable to, unable to stay healthy, and, and that is – it's interesting how DC, for years, once he came to the UFC, he wanted to stay in the, in the, in the 205 division, and he's he, out of respect to his teammate, Cain Velasquez, did not compete in the heavyweight division. But it's interesting to see how that plays out now. But if Cain Velasquez is a, always a threat, but the question is, can you bank on Cain Velasquez? Because you never know what happened, what could happen with that. Dos Santos, we just discussed. Vitaly Menakoff, he's 20-0. You know, he's due to inactivity. He was stripped of the world championship. But the, the, the possibilities is there. But for a world title shot, don't think so. Uh, at least not right away. Curtis Blaze, I just discussed. He's ten and one. You know, he lost via doctor stoppage, but he he's on a tear, and I think he's a fresh new opponent for um, for the heavyweight champion. And then you have Derek Lewis, who was very unimpressive. He's nineteen and five. I'm, I'm I was unimpressed. He took a big step back in his fight against uh, Nagano a couple of weeks ago at UFC two twenty six. So I, I just meant I just gave you the top ten. To me, no one. You know, when you think of UFC, um, you think of you know what the Fertilla brothers and Dana White has done over the past decade before they sold before the Fertilla brothers sold it to the WME, and they were able to build stars such as Ronda Rousey, Johnny Bone Jones, Conor McGregor, the Diaz brothers. Of course, you had the back end of of the Tito, the the, the Iceman era. You have Rashad Evans at his prime. You had Nightmare Sanchez in his prime. Clay Weed in his prime. You know, you had all these stars. That, that you had Johnny Bone Jones. The list goes on and on, right? You had Dos Santos, Cain Velasquez, when healthy. Of course, Brock Lesnar. And now, the, the people that you push, Nagano, way too fast. Now, it's coming back up. Paige Van Sant, <laughs> got implants recently, coming back up. And, and she hasn't really been impressive as far as a winning streak as well. And then you have Sage Northcutt, who's now who's now on a, on a winning streak. We'll, I'll discuss him in a little bit, but you know he's still still young. He's only 22. I believe he's 11 and two now, and the sky's the limit for that guy. You know, I, I'm I'm very excited for Sage Northcutt, which we'll discuss in a little bit. But you, as you could tell, there's a lot of holes in, in the heavyweight division. I don't want to say holes. No disrespect to those guys, but. When you think of the UFC, you think of box office, you think of pay-per-view buys, because they, they still follow the pay-per-view buys, similar to boxing. They, they follow the pay-per-view buys. It's a model that's been around for, for years now. I know in wrestling, they moved away from that because of their own network, but the UFC has still depends on pay-per-view buys. And when you consider pay-per-view buys, I'm sorry, but DC versus Volkov, DC against some of these other guys, just doesn't move the needle. Brock Lesnar being that he uh, appeals to the casual fan, everyone knows him from his days, uh, current days in the WWE, 
versus whether it's Japan, Japanese days, his amateur wrestling days. He's a legitimate athlete. So you're going to get buys from that fan base. Then you're going to get buys, uh, buys from the hardcore base. And being with the pay-per-view model still, still works to an extent. You're going to get a lot of pay-per-view buys. And, I, and that is why Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier is next for the heavyweight championship. I know it's a slap in the face to the MMA purists. It's a slap in the face to these top 10 men in the division. But let's face it, in the world of combat sports and in the promoting business, it's about making the best possible fight to put asses in the seats. And the best fight, possible fight to put asses in the seats in the heavyweight division right now is Daniel Cormier or C.P. Miocic, which Daniel Cormier won, versus Brock Lesnar. Now, I, I believe MMA is not stayed. I hope it is not because I'd be really disappointed. <laughs> Just like when I found out pro wrestling was disappointed uh, at a very young age, in my, whatever, whether it's five or six. But I do believe that was somewhat, I don't want to say somewhat staged, but somewhat animated, so to speak, the whole DC post-fight speech with Brock Lesnar. I'm not saying they staged it per se, but I know they really – animated it and and it was and they really gave him leeway to do that. That's my opinion. So Brock Lesnar officially entered the pool the week of UFC two twenty six and I believe the date is January eighth is the earliest he could fight uh for the heavyweight championship against Daniel Cormier. That should be the first super fight of two thousand and nineteen. Now what these guys have to do is whether it's Curtis Blade Blades, whether it's Junior Dos Santos, Cain Velasquez, Fabrice Verdue, these guys got to put together some type of winning streak. And once they and once they put that winning streak together, then they'll be next in line post post that fight in January. Um, for one way or the other, if DC wins, it, it's an interesting fight because both men are at the. I'm not saying they're in their primes per se. I mean, you could kind of say, well. They're not in their you know early 30s or late 20s per se. They're they're in the tail end of their career, but at the same time they're healthy enough where they can still perform at a high level. Both men, especially Daniel Cormier, uh, so it's interesting. Daniel Cormier, win or lose, he's going to step down as heavyweight champ, and I don't know how um, Dana White's going to handle that. Then you have Brock Lesnar, who's no spring chicken. He's 41, I believe, years of age. So the the good part about Lesnar is he. Got in the sport and then left the sport, so he he kind of like has some years left in him. He definitely has at least two. If if he leaves this fight uh, without any major damage, he has at least two or three to four fights, depending depending on how badly the wars are. Right. So let's say if he wins easily against Daniel Cormier, he definitely has another big payday after that. Or does he step down? Or do both men step down? So it's very interesting dynamic there. Um, as far as Sage Northcutt, he did a great job, amazing job. He looked good. He looked good in his fight against um, the fight. I'm sorry. I'm drawing a blank right now. <laughs> yeah, he's Zach Otto. There you go. He beat, he beat Zach Otto in round two via um, knockout TKO. It was very interesting because he came out gun blazing, Zach Otto. He caught him, and then he kind of fell into – Sage Northcourt's uh, guard, and it was a matter of, of, of him dominating him. And then once Sage uh, was able to get up, then he was able to do his things. He's a fast guy. 
and and he's been in martial arts his whole life. Sage Northcutt. Um, he he's one of the one of the first generations now born in the 1990s that is built for MMA. Like he he is built for MMA. A lot of these guys, you know, I saw. Or Davis, or Davis, whatever his name is, who got inducted into the Hall of Fame. The first UFC was getting the best of judo, the best of jiu-jitsu, the best of boxing, and seeing who is the ultimate fighter, right? Um, but that was the beginning. But now it's the training today is so different than the training, you know, even 10 years ago or 15 years ago. But the kid, he's a, he's a third uh, third down black belt and Kai Kaju Kembo. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Third Dan Black Belt in Taekwondo, Purple Belt in um, Shiryu Karate, Purple Belt in Jiu-Jitsu. The guy, he is born to do MMA. And, and at the age of 22, he has light years ahead of him. He, he hasn't even peaked yet. He, he hasn't even finished growing. And, and, and that's, how, that's how amazing he is. He's 15-0 in kickboxing. He's 13-2, and and both of those um, losses have been by submission. So, with that being said, I, he know he, he knows he has to work on we has to work on in his uh, in his ground game and he's been doing that. He's in a three fight winning streak. He beat uh, Michael Michelle Mikel Quinones via unanimous decision. He beat Tibal Kuti via unanimous decision, and he beat Zach Otto recently via KO punches. His second fight in in 2018 calendar year. He lost to Mickey Gall the rear naked choke in 2016. Mickey Gall, of course, is always known for the guy that beat CM Punk, and he lost to Brian Balbuena. But before that, that those was, he was on a nice tear. He was on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven fight win streak before losing to Brian Balbuena via the um, Barberena. Excuse me. He lost to Nork, ironically, <laughs> in 2016. Before that, he was he was on a tear. This stage, Northcutt kid. So. I think he, the sky's the limit for that guy. He's, you know, so I, I'm, I'm very excited for Sage North. You know, he's only 11 and two. Sky's the limit for that guy. Just put suitable opponents in front of him. Don't give him ham and angers per se, but give him a challenge. And and then he just has to work on it on his game. You know, he's an amazing striker. You know, we all know from his background and, and his karate. And, and of course, works on his boxing from a MMA standpoint. Of course, he has a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. He knows he lost his two submissions via uh, loss of via submission. He has to work on his submission defense, and he did he did well. He was able to sustain Otto and his guard, and 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 he's, he was active. He was going for arm bars, um, and and Otto countered because he's tried to he stacked. The he stacked them so he wasn't able to extend the arm bar per se. He was going for knee bars. He was he was doing he was active. He was active. Just has to work on his defense. But Sage Northcutt eleven and two. I'm very excited to see the future for Sage Northcutt. So you have that. So DC plan his retirement is he called out. He says he, he's willing to fight Shogun Hua in um, as one of his two final as his final title defense being. One of his final title offenses in the light heavyweight division. I believe he's mapping out his exit strategy as one defense in the light heavyweight and then his final fight of his career against Brock Lesnar. It's very interesting dynamic because DC, as you know, he turned pro 30. We all know his story. He came up through Strike Force and was able to dominate um, the light heavyweight division, except he, he has his bitter war against Johnny Bone Jones. 
you know, he lost to him twice, but the second one was overturned. Uh, was it both overturned? Or I know the second one was overturned. The first one, I don't think it, it wasn't. It was not overturned. Um, we all know Johnny Bone Jones uh, tested positive um, for an illegal banned substance, and and I know he cried. I know I made fun of him, and I'm sorry, DC. But at the end of the day, to me, I mean, I guess he doesn't. He doesn't care at this point. He he's, he wants big fights because he knows that the end of the road for him. And and you know what? He doesn't need to fight. He has two fights left. He'll get his big payday. He'll be part of the Fox crew, and he's an excellent analyst, excellent commentator. Yeah, his both both losses have been to Johnny Bone Jones. No, they weren't. They were not. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It says nineteen and two, both losses. Yeah, the second one was overturned. So yeah, so it's crazy, man. It, life's crazy. He's he's been able to dominate everyone. Look at his his resume, Daniel Cormier. It's amazing, you know, from Lucas Brown to Jeff Monson, Antonio Silva, Josh Barnett uh, to win the Grand Prix final. Frank Mir, Big Country, Roy Nelson, Dan Henderson. Anthony Johnson, Goopsison, um, Anderson Silva. I believe that was the last second at UFC 200. Rumble Johnson, Vulcan, and then Stephen Miocic. Wow. His only losses have been to Johnny Bone Jones. So it, it's crazy. All right. So you got to give him credit. He lost to Johnny Bone Jones, and then in the return bout, it was overturned because now he is 21-1 again. He is 21-1. So, yeah, I was right. So we're D.C., it's sad because I really wanted to see Johnny Bone Jones and DC finally settle the score, finally settle this trilogy as far as being able to uh, see who is the definitive better man. Right now, you, you could say it's one. I mean, he's 0-1-1 because of the tie or dash no contest uh, or whatever. So in, in that sense. So I really want to see if, he was, if he's been able to step up his game and be able to figure out Johnny Bone Jones. But I guess that's one of those what-if questions. And we'll see what happens with Johnny Bone Jones. You know, he's, we're supposed to know soon um, the decision by the USDA for his suspension. Hopefully it's not – his camp feels that it's not a long suspension because if it's not, he'll be able to return to MMA sooner rather than later. What I would love to see, my, my personal – me being selfish, I don't want to see Shogun Hua against Daniel Comey. I would love to see Daniel Comey, his final two opponents, be Johnny Bone Jones and Brock Lesnar. I would love that because it'll answer two questions. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Daniel Cormier is a Hall of Famer. He's a double champion, and it's, it's hard to win one championship in the UFC, let alone be two champions at the very same time. Much respect to Daniel Cormier. You cannot take that away from Daniel Cormier. Now, and he has nothing left to prove. He'll destroy uh, Nagano. He'll destroy most of the individuals in the heavyweight division anyway based on his wrestling and based on his – the way his body is set. He's able to get in there, be he's able to clinch dirty box and able to take, but at the same time be able to take you down as a wrestler and pin you down and allow you to not do anything on the ground. He, he is, his body is just built for MMA per se. You know, when you get an individual like, like myself, or let's say individual, anyone who's six, three, six, four. Yeah. You have great reach. Yeah. You have great um, legs in this snap. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you, it's hard for you to come inside. But when you have individuals who are excellent in the clinch, such as uh, DC, you know, the sky's the limit for that guy. But like I said, he has nothing else to prove. It, there's two things he can do right now. 
can he really beat Johnny Bone Jones? That's the number one question. And the second question is, can he, can he beat Brock Lesnar? Or even if not, just take that fight as a med, mega payday. And that's it. You could put that, he'll end his career. He'll avenge his loss or, or not, and we'll know about Johnny Bone Jones. And then we'll know about Brock Lesnar. He'll, he'll get that big payday. And then everyone goes home happy with a lot of money in their pocket. That's what I feel should be the last two fights. Shogun Hua, who was a legend in his right just from his days from Pride alone, and one of the best fights I've ever seen against Dan Henderson, which is officially a Hall of Fame fight. With that being said, I think it'll be a great fight, but to me, being selfish, being the MMA fan, I would want to see Daniel Cormier try to avenge his loss, and, and really being that he's oh. One one, or I don't can't even say it. It's a tie theoretically, so all one zero one, whatever, no contest. Yeah, he has to be able to answer that question. He, I know we all want to know that question, but I know he deep inside wants to know that. But I think he's he's past that. I think he's at a point in his life where he's almost forty, right? He knows he doesn't have much time left from a you know he's past his prime per se. He's not a Sage Northcut anymore, you know per se. Um, he knows he has money in the bank, hopefully, and, and you know, he has a career post um, his MMA days in the cage and the octagon. He's able, and he's an excellent commentator, excellent analyst, and he could he could call fights for at least you know if healthy, God willing, at least another twenty, thirty years, right? So, with that being said, I think that should be the final two fights. That is my opinion as far as Daniel Cormier's last two fights. All right, last thing I want to discuss, I know I have a reserve for an hour, but it's only I'm only going to talk for half an hour max, is you have Chris Cyborg, the Amanda Nunez, going back and forth. Amanda Nunez wants to fight in December, and Chris Cyborg wants to fight sooner rather than later. So, you know, Chris Cyborg is a fighting, fighting champion. She'll, she'll fight anyone almost any time. She's a, a big fan of her in the sense that, hey, she supports Choketown Radio. She's liked a couple of my pictures. She didn't like any of my pictures recently, but it's okay. But with that being said, Chris Cyborg wants to, fi- wants to fight her in September. Wants to, Let's see. Yeah, wants to fight her earlier than that. But Amanda Nunez wants to fight her on December 30th. That's crazy. That's crazy because Amanda Nunez should fight more, more frequent. You know, yeah, to me, too, I know it's not – pro wrestling where you a person fights every month i would say two times minimum a calendar year is good i guess three times is amazing if he was a fighting champion um but you know for her her last fight be back in march and, and not even like discuss another fight come on you know cyborg wants to fight right now you have amanda nunez who wants to fight at the end of the year i mean dana white has to step in and 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 somehow some way be able to be able to um, step in and somehow make this fight happen. You know, whether she comes up or, or in this case, I think it would be easier for Amanda Nunez just to fight at 145. Probably a little more natural and it'll, it'll be another super fight. Let's face it, we're in an era of super fights and we're in an era of the super fights because you know, Dana White has failed to make new stars and, and the stars that he's depended on for one reason or the other has has failed him or, or left. You know, Rousey's in WWE now. Johnny Bone Jones is waiting the USDA. Brock Lesnar's in back and forth. You have um, You have all these guys. Kane is always hurt. Um, you know, you have the Diaz brothers who are amazing or draw and and 
for whatever reason. Let's see what happens there with them. In addition to that, you have Conor McGregor, who has legal battles for what he did back in Brooklyn. Happy birthday to Conor McGregor. He's expecting a second child. So, uh, plus, he had his big payday versus fight versus um, his big fight against Mayweather last summer. He's made $100 million, so he doesn't need the fight per se. You have Khabib. Um, you have Max Holloway, who's dealing with concussion issues. So Dana White is, is all over the place right now. So we're in the era of super fights. You see Stipe Miocic against Daniel Cormier, which I feel – as, uh, as an MMA fan, should have gotten more hype anyway. Honestly, if you wasn't a pure MMA fan, other than MMA junkie, other than, let's say myself, other than Bloody Elbow, other than you know whoever else covers MMA, other than that, or other than um, Ariel Hawani, which I'm a big fan of, uh, he's great, we're the same age, and I'm, I'm very happy for him, uh, journalist of the year, for what he does on ESPN, or now for ESPN and, and, and the MMA Hour. There was no hype about it. <laughs> there was no announcement about it. So I believe that, you know, for the next super fight, it's looking like it's going to be Amanda Nunez, Chris Cyborg. The easy thing for her to do is to jump up to 145 and fight for the featherweight championship. Holly Holm looked good, but I don't think she should get the next title shot per se. I know you're holding each other hostage in, the Latin, in, the, in, in each other's divisions, Chris Cyborg says that this is her last fight in the UFC. She's been noted to be at various Bellator events. You know, there's pros and cons to being in both. UFC is obviously um, the premier mixed martial arts organization, but there's a lot of uh, cons as well from a uh, sponsorship standpoint. With You know, the things are Reebok, very limited to what you could do. In Bellator, you could sell the banner ad, you could sell – the, the, the attire, your logo on the shorts, which a lot of individuals make far more money than their purse. Um, it's just very two different organizations per se. So I don't know, Chris Cyber, you know, I don't know if she's going to retire per se, or I don't know if she's going to move on to Bellator, but she said that her fight against Amanda Nunez is her last. You know, she does, a, she has a lot of ventures. She has her pink belt fitness dash, I guess, self-defense. I don't know. There's a lot of things Chris Cyborg can do and, and, and build future women MMA stars. She doesn't need to fight per se. She has nothing else to prove. The the fight that we all wanted to see a couple of years ago was Chris Cyborg won the Rousey, but we all know why Rousey dodged her. I know Chris Cyborg tested positive for for a banned substance, but she is the most tested uh, fighter, one of the most tested fighters in MMA today, and she's been clean since, and we all know what would have happened. <laughs> Just like Holly Holm. Uh, found out for us, and just like Amanda Nunez found out for us, what would have happened? That's probably why Ronda made, you know, the excuses she did and not ever fight her. Now, Chris Cyborg says it's her last fight. I don't know whether it's her retirement or whether she's going to move on to another organization. But hey, uh, you know, she she did what she could at, at the featherweight division, and it's not her fault that for whatever reason, you know, they haven't been able to sign the best fighter, Megan Anderson is a great fighter, right? But clearly we saw a lot of holes in her game. And, and she, once she got to the big time, once she got to the UFC, we realized why, you know, she has to work on her game. And Holly Holm was just a better, better, um, better all around, you know, a better striker. And, and then she was able to neutralize Megan Anderson's long legs and, and be and, and understand how to fight at the big time. All right. So we'll see what happens with Cyborg and Nunez. I'll keep you posted as always. All right, it's been a pleasure. 
I'm not going to dis- uh, bore you to death. Discuss MMA for about 32 minutes. Very excited with the future. Oh, wait a minute. Before we, before I close, I do want to discuss Shogun Hua's next fight. Right? Hold on. Hold on a second. Yes. I got another minute, man. I have another minute. Another minute. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So Shogun Hua is going to fight Anthony Smith, as you know. I just wanted to see what was after that. Man, my internet, I apologize. It's not friendly to me. It is not friendly to me, man. It is not friendly to me. I don't care about, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. <laughs> All right, so let me see. Let me see if I could uh, move. Let me see if I could stream through here. Give me one second. Yeah, so, you know, that's what's going on in the world of MMA right now. So I'm going to close. I'm not going to – I have a reserve for an hour, but I'm not going to talk for an hour. But, you know, we discussed Dos Santos, Ivanov, uh, Northcutt. Discussed uh, Otto a little bit. We got into Daniel Cormier and why the heavyweight division is so weak. Um, hey, I can't see it. Why can't I see it? All right. I, for whatever reason, the, the UFC app, I can't see what's the main card. That's so weird. Okay. But, all right, so Shogun Rule against Anthony Smith this weekend in Hamburg, Germany, 2 p.m. Eastern time. All right. So it's been a pleasure. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Jim Russell, Choked Out Radio. Tell your friends about Choked Out Radio. Peace. <laughs>